Welcome to Sports BKC, the Kansas City Star's daily sports podcast. It is Thursday, July 2nd, and I'm Blair Kirkhoff. The Chris Jones story took another twist this week with his tweet that hints of his sitting out the 2020 season instead of playing on the franchise tag. Jones dropped the name Le'Veon Bell, the running back who sat out the 2018 season, declining to play for the Steelers when the franchise tag was used on him for a second straight year. Chiefs beat writers Herbie Teope and Sam McDowell break down the Jones contract situation and cover other topics like the reduced preseason schedule, who also is up for new contracts next year, and how the Chiefs and other NFL players are handling the potential for increased injuries after not working out together as a team this spring. So let's get going with Herbie and Sam. Okay, the Chiefs guys are here, Herbie and Sam, and, uh, you know, every week we can talk about Chris Jones and, and, and what's, uh, you know, what's going on and uh, where things stand it, it, without, without there being any news broken, right? Because it's always it's just kind of interesting where he is and where the Chiefs are. But there was some news this week with Chris Jones in the form of a tweet that, uh, let, me, let me call it up, make sure I, I get it right. It's not very long, um, but, uh, but it said uh, that Chris Jones tweeted that um, basically in response to someone mentioning the, you know, the long-term deal, he says, or I won't play, Le'Veon Bell told me about this. Of course, he's referencing Le'Veon Bell sitting out the 2018 season after the Steelers franchise tagged him for a, a second straight year. We know Chris Jones is, uh, you know, has been uh, he's on the franchise tag for the Chiefs for the first time this year, so there is a difference there. But the fact that he referenced Le'Veon Bell probably sent a chill up the spine of Chiefs fans who are hoping for a quick and uh, easy resolution that'll get number ninety-five back in uniform and on the field for the Chiefs in twenty twenty. So, Herbie, did the did the story change this week with uh, with Chris Jones? No, because I'm still going to go off of July the 15th. You know, you're always going to hear everything leading up to that deadline. That's the absolute drop-dead deadline. Did he tweet that out of frustration because there's no movement? Did he, did he tweet that because, you know, he, he, he does know Le'Veon Bell, and, you know, I'm sure that he just probably discussed what Bell went through. But, again, I'm always going to go back to July the 15th. Deadlines in the National Football League spur action. And – if he doesn't, you know, if they don't have a long-term deal worked out by then, that now all of a sudden now this gets pushed into training camp if training camp starts on time. And then that's when you start raising the alarm. But the 15th is when I'm going to start really saying, okay, what's really going on here? What do you think, Sam? Is this, um, uh, I, I, the only other time we heard from Chris Jones in the last, well, since the Super Bowl, Maybe the Super Bowl parade was on the Colin Cowherd show in February, right? Late February, where it was just, you know, basically laying out the the uh, the parameters, you know, what Chris Jones might want and, and how he thinks the Chiefs are, are, are looking at him. And then, you know, radio silence uh, by him. He wasn't one of the players that uh, that spoke in a in a media forum, uh, Zoom, Zoom chat. Uh, during the off season, so the next thing we hear from Chris Jones is, you know, uh, maybe I won't play. Um, you know, when he references Le'Veon Bell, what's your take on this? You know, I, I look at what's maybe best for both sides, and um, I'm not sure that a long term agreement is 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 what's going to be best for both sides. I mean, Chris Jones deserves to be paid. 
and the sentiment that Chris Jones owes the Chiefs some sort of hometown discount, I, I think, is garbage. You know, if that's the case, Chris Jones deserved to be paid a lot more than $6 million over the last four years combined for getting, what is it, 30, 33 sacks in his yeah, first four seasons? Yeah, including so, 15 and a half in one year. Right. So he played on the contract that, that he signed as a rookie, and now he deserves to be paid like his performance dictates. On the flip side of that is what makes most sense for the Kansas City Chiefs. And given we all know their salary cap situation, we all know an extension with Patrick Mahomes is brewing at some point, what makes most sense for the Kansas City Chiefs? And at, at this point, I'm not sure paying a guy like that $20 million when you've already got more than $20 million annually tied up to another guy in your defensive line in Frank Clark, I'm not sure that's the move that makes the most sense. And the more I look at it, the more I think that the one-year franchise tag is, is going to be the finality of this situation. And you know, Chris Jones tweeted something out today. You mentioned the comments on Colin Coward. And um, to me, that's all part of the negotiation process. And Herbie can probably speak more to that because he's been – in this business more than I have in regards to the NFL, but comments like that are to, to me are all, all just part of the process. Yeah, and here's the key thing, you know, and, and Sam mentions that he's probably going to end up on the franchise tag. And, and the key thing here is if they don't have anything done by July the 15th, the chiefs and Chris Jones's representatives cannot return to the negotiating table until the end of the year, which is why it's like, Maybe there's a sense of frustration growing on, on Jones's part that, you know, something isn't moving as fast as he would like to. But this is the business side of football. You know, these things take time. And, you know, Brett Veach has mentioned numerous times during the offseason that, you know, hey, we want to keep Chris Jones here. He is a priority. But, Sam, you're, you're – golly, I can't f believe I'm always finding myself agreeing with Sam's takes, but he's absolutely correct here. What makes sense for both sides and what makes sense for the Chiefs financially – where they are able to work out a long-term deal. You, you know, to me, what complicates the issue is both sides have a strong case. I, I totally understand Chris Jones yeah. wanting to be paid and deserving to be paid. And, you know, if you look at the, the grades and the ratings, he ranks up there just right behind Aaron Donald, right? And yeah. uh, maybe maybe DeForest Buckner is the, the, the best interior lineman in pro football and yet the Chiefs have a financial reality they've got to deal with, too, and that is the Patrick Mahomes deal and, uh, and, and other contracts coming, coming down the pike that some decisions that are going to have to be made with, with other players. They're just I, – I, I totally get where both sides are coming from on this, yeah. which, makes it, which makes it tougher. Also, factoring into this is the uncertainty of the, the 2021 salary cap because of the uncertainty of you know of, of football finances in, in the COVID you know nineteen world, um, I, I don't know if if I'm Chris Jones's agent, um, then do you do you take the sure thing and 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 you know with the the sixteen point was it sixteen point one million he would be right. paid this year under the franchise tag and. Uh, and then you know, to take a look at what the you know what the NFL and the Chiefs finances are after this. Um, just give me a little bit of a prediction how how you think this will play out. Herbie, start I mean, with you. Go ahead, Herbie. My prediction is he's going to end up playing this year on the tag. That's that, that's the way I, I think it's going to work out here. It's, and because the Chiefs, 
Look, when they slapped the fifth-year um, option on Patrick Mahomes, they bought some time with Mahomes, but they also gave themselves some flexibility to try to divert some funds Chris Jones's way. If they are able to work out a long-term deal, you know, it's probably going to be back-end. It's, it's going to be back-loaded. You can, you can space out whatever deal you have as far as the cap is concerned. But, again, it just goes down to so much uncertainty. And, and the thing that we know for sure is he can make $16.1 million this year under the tag. You know, maybe the, if, if you're Brett Veach and, and to vet Brett Veach's credit and also to Chris Jones's credit, they're not doing any negotiations through the media like you see sometimes around the league with franchise players. You know, we don't see a lot of numbers being leaked as to, hey, this is this is um, the target area that we want and this is the target area we're comfortable with. We haven't seen a lot of that. So that means, you know, they are they're trying to keep it out of the media. But I think, you know, Blair, to your point, the sure thing, the sure thing is 16.1 million when we don't know how this COVID pandemic is going to affect the NFL's uh, budget this year and how it's going to affect their profits this year. Look, Chris Jones sitting out doesn't make a lot of sense to me. I mean, you're talking about, like like I mentioned earlier, a guy that's made like $6.3 million in four years. I don't see him turning down $16.1 million to play for one more season if he, you know, if, if, if he played on a discount for four years. Um, but more more to what Blair said, it, this, this just speaks to the business, the NFL and the salary cap league. If we're talking about baseball here, for example – when we talk about what Chris Jones is worth, we're all going to say the Chiefs should pay him because that's what he's worth. He's a guy in your system. He, he's, he's a popular teammate. Um, he's, he's popular in the locker room. And so the Chiefs should pay him that. But we're not saying that Chris Jones isn't worth that money just because it might not make sense for the Chiefs. It's purely based on their position within the salary cap. And they just have so many other factors to consider that probably 15, 20 other teams in the NFL don't and can probably afford to pay the uh, the number that Chris Jones wants. Right, right. It's uh, well. How, what about this possibility? Would would you know that number is out there now, right? At least twenty million a year, long term deal for Chris Jones. Uh, the franchise tag is sixteen point one this year. The Chiefs could franchise tag him a second year, right? They could do it. Um, right. yeah. if, uh, would would Chris Jones sign a long term deal for eighteen million? You know, somewhere splitting the difference between the the cap and um, and, and his and, and what he's demanding. Is there is there is there room for that? I, 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 think it, I, I don't know. I, I, I think it's going to be based on the guaranteed dollars as as much as I mean. I know that the twenty million is is a number that's been out there, and it's it's popular to look at how much a guy's going to make per season, but. Uh, usually in the NFL, these deals come down to what kind of guaranteed money are you willing to fork over at the beginning of the contract? Gotcha. Just, he deserves every penny that he's owed. That's just the bottom line here for me. You know, pay that man. Pay that man his money. Because the NFL, he's young. You know, This is the, his first major contract opportunity. Get as much as you can. You know, the problem you have here is you always have two sides in the National Football League. You have the side that's going to side with the owner's and you have the other side that's going to side with the players. I always find myself siding with the players because these guys are earning that paycheck, and, and he's more than earned it. So I think they need to pay him. Just, okay, just to her- delve into the numbers a little bit, I mean, Buckner, I think, I mean, we, we talked about DeForest Buckner purely because his contract came this offseason. So that that's the one that makes a lot of sense. Same position as Chris Jones. Um, viewed as a pretty similar product, product productivity 
Um, and he, he made, I, I think it was 55, 56 in guarantees. And so I think that's the number that I look at more than the annual average value of the deal is. And I'm sure Chris Jones is, is looking to get somewhere at least in the mid-50s in guarantees. Yeah, that makes sense. Makes sense to me. Okay, hey guys, let's take a quick break. When we come back, there's some other topics I want to cover with you. We'll be right back. Hey, it's Blair. We have a special subscription offer for Sportsbeat KC listeners, unlimited digital access to the Kansas City Star's award-winning sports coverage. Sign up now for one year of Sports Pass for access to all the sports news, features, and columns presented on the KansasCity.com site and it's only $30. That's a 40% savings off our regular rate. Your subscription will automatically renew after the initial term at 50 bucks, unless you tell us to cancel. Your subscription helps support the sports coverage of KansasCity.com and the Kansas City Star, and that support has never been more important. Please visit KansasCity.com slash offer to get this special offer. And as always, thanks for listening. Okay, we're back with Herbie Teope and Sam McDowell, who cover the Chiefs for the Kansas City Star. Herbie, um, you, you wrote a story earlier this week speaking uh, about contracts. Um, you, you've, listed, you've listed about a dozen other players that are, are entering contract years. And, you know, look, all of them are, you know, players that we're familiar with that, uh, that, that have contributed to uh, a Super Bowl championship. Chiefs are going to have some decisions to make, aren't they, after uh, after 2020? They got a lot of decisions to make. I mean, it's, it's 16 players, I believe, off the top of my head. Yeah, it is 16. 16 players in the final year of their deal. And, and you know as well as I do, and Sam knows this as well, too, and like most players who go into a contract year all of a sudden just blossom, just out of nowhere, just have these massive numbers. But these are the guys who, who, who I, you know, who will contribute – because they know they're trying to set themselves up for a bigger payday. And then Chris Jones, obviously, is at the top of the list. You've got your Sammy Watkins, Rashad Breland. Damian Williams, obviously, is in the contract year. Austin Ryder, their starting center. So many of these kinds of players who have key roles here. I think, like, for me, when I when I made this list, the guy that really jumps out to me is, is Tano Passanio. I mean, considered raw coming out of college in 2017, had career numbers in his third season to set up this year. And I, I, he's a guy that to me is, is extremely intriguing because he gives that defensive line so much versatility. He can play on the edge. Last year, he showed the ability to slide inside. So if, if, if there is somehow a Chris Jones holdout, you know, you have Passigno who can maybe pitch uh, pitch in there in the, in the event that Jones is absent. But these are the guys that, that will be setting themselves up for – potentially bigger paydays in 2021. You know what, what really stands out when you read Herbie's story and especially in that list format is the band may be back together in 2020, but it's not going to be back together in 2021. You saw guys that, that took friendly deals to, to try and run this thing back. And that's Breland, um, you know, Sammy Watkins restructured to, I think a team friendly deal. Uh, yeah. Damian Wilson's going to be back. Demarcus Robinson, signed a team-friendly deal. I think those are some guys that I don't know if, if we see them back again in 2021. And, in fact, a few of those guys, when you look at Watkins and Breland, I, specifically I'd say probably aren't going to be back in 2021. So I don't know whether that's a message to Chiefs fans to enjoy this while you can, but I think the reality is 
that the roster is going to look a lot different in 2021 than it is in 2020. But, you know, if you want to look at the positive of that, it's, it's what Herbie said. A lot of times you get some guys' best production when they're on a contract year and they know they're playing for a new contract next year. Our friend uh, Therese Paler always used to say the contract year is undefeated. And, uh, <laughs> he's, he's not wrong. <laughs> um, well, one thing that'll be different that we know, uh, absolutely different about 2020, is the preseason schedule. We learned earlier this week that um, uh, instead of four games, uh, NFL teams will play will play two each. So that's the first after the. You know, we heard that the Hall of Fame game between the I think it was Steelers Cowboys. I believe that's who it was in this year. That got scrapped last week, and this week now everybody is down to to two preseason games, taking um, you know all precautions for the uh, you know during the during the pandemic. So it, this does have an impact on the Chiefs. It's just not as if they can uh, lop off two games and and uh, and have two opponents. Herbie, take us through what you know how this specifically applies to the Chiefs. Well, I th- here here's the good news, okay? Because Preseason and, and these exhibition type games, a lot of folks are always like, why do we have to play four games? But I think that the games that they cut off, okay, we're talking about the first one and the fourth one. So it's looking like it's going to be the second and the third. Those are usually your more important uh, preseason games because this is when a lot of the starters start getting a lot more action, especially that third preseason game, traditionally known as the rehearsal for the start of the regular season. What hurts here, though, are your undrafted free agents, folks who are like fighting for that roster spot because they're not going to get the reps. They're not going to have the ability to produce film in the event they don't make the roster because the preseason, while a lot of people will scoff at it, it's important for the players because they do have the ability to put their production or their performances on film. So if they get chopped or they don't, they don't make the final roster, other teams have the ability to look at it. So, I agree with chopping it down because, we, you know, the uncertainty of what's going on right now in the country and in the world. But at the same time, it has its pros and its cons. And, and to me, the, the major con to me is the guys who are fighting for that roster spot, the undrafted free agents. We don't know. And coaches aren't going to have the ability to really evaluate them over a full four games. Yeah, I mean, right. Hey, go ahead, Sam. Well, I, th- I think what stands out most to me is um, – the fact that these guys needed more time to, to sort of phase in and their their bodies and get ready for the rigors NFL season because they didn't have OTAs. There were, there were no off-season workout programs in person, at least. Since March, they haven't seen these guys in person at the facilities, other than those that are rehabbing from injuries. But you need an acclimatization period to get your body ready. You know, we, we saw in the lockout, when was that, t- 2011? Word. All right, hang on, hang on here. We're gonna, I'm gonna hold that thought because we're gonna talk about that. You, you wrote a great story about that, but before we do, I just want to say that what we know about the the uh, the preseason, the new preseason, is everybody's gonna play a home game, everybody's gonna play an away game. Right now, in weeks two and three, the Chiefs have two away games scheduled. I think at the Cowboys and at the Cardinals. Yeah. Well, I don't know what order it is, but that'll have to get rectified. So those probably, if those are the two opponents, one of them will be in Kansas City, but who knows? So. Um, so yeah, I wanted to get that out as just a, as a point of reference because I wanted to spend more time on this story that you wrote, Sam. I thought it was terrific, and and uh, it'll be posted in the um, in the show notes here. Uh, let's let's go over that that um, that uh, 
the we have a we, we have not only a, a lesson in in NFL football but a lesson in current sports as well when it comes to athletes who have not been uh, through the usual paths of training for a season. So take us through it, Sam. Yeah, the, you know, I, I think it is. Correct me if I'm wrong. I think it was 2011 um, yeah. where the lot the lockout year was, and there were. 10 Achilles tendon ruptures in the first like 12 days uh, when guys got back together for camp and there were 12 in the first month. That's more than there typically is over an entire season. And you can't absolutely attribute it to the lack of off-season programming that they had during the lockout year. But most doctors say that's the most likely cause of why you saw a rash of injuries including that the Chiefs had one that year. It was Brandon Seiler, a linebacker that they had signed as a free agent. They expected him to start. You know, he kind of had broken out in his last year of his rookie deal, and they expected him to start, and all of a sudden he tears his Achilles in camp, and he never plays a down for him. So, I, you know, doctors are, and, and athletic trainers, they say that you've got to take this time to, to ramp up your body, specifically your tendons and joints, that's usually what OTAs does, what phase one, phase two, and phase three. And Herbie can probably explain exactly what the guys are usually doing over those three phases of camp, but they miss that entirely. So they're going to have to try and replicate that in the first few weeks of camp because usually that acclimatization period is only a couple days, and I think now it's going to have to be two to three weeks. So, yeah, Herbie, what, what you know, we're used to seeing – football action happening in April, uh, late April into May and June, all, all of May. May is such a busy month for OTAs. And then the first two weeks in June, all we saw or all, all we were told uh, was that the players were, were, were working out on their own. Um, yeah. Phase one of the off-season workout program is essential because that's, that's when they do strength and conditioning. You know, when they report in April, it's, it's all strength and conditioning. You know, they can't get on the field to do team-related drills. When, when they shift over to phase two is when all of a sudden, you know, you take that classroom environment and you can do, like, your individual drills on the field. Phase three, also known as organized team activities or, or OTAs, is when you start seeing them do full installs with team-related drills. because Without contact, obviously, OTAs, no contact whatsoever, but they're out there in seven-on-sevens, nine-on-nines, and 11-on-11 type drills. But the key piece missing here is the strength and conditioning. It's, it's all done under the watchful eyes of the chief strength and conditioning staff. We, we They haven't had that, you know. And then so, like, as Sam mentions there, when you go back to the lockout year, it was straight into training camp, and all of a sudden you have all these injuries. And I think that's, that's probably going to be a major issue here coming up here in the next month. And, and Sam, there's a there's uh, evidence of a current league that started uh, restarted after had taken several weeks off, where the injuries spiked upon the return. Yeah, the Bundesliga, the the soccer league over in Germany. I can't remember the exact numbers, but I I, I think they had like an 88 percent increase in the the normal injuries they were over over the first three weeks of the season. So there's there's evidence of it in the past in the NFL. There's evidence currently. Uh, from teams that have returned from coronavirus, but your body can't just take time off and all of a sudden be ready to go against the world's greatest athletes on an NFL field. Yeah, and look, we're, we're talking about the NFL, of course, but 
we're in the month now where look what look what's happening in July. Um, just starting next week, uh, Major League Soccer is supposed to return uh, later in the month. Major League Baseball, the NF, the uh, the NBA, the NHL, all these United you know U.S. sports leagues, North American sports leagues, are are scheduled to restart this month and. I, I think that this is a story and, and a thought that uh, that needs to be applied to all of that because, um, you know, the other thing that I think about, Sam, when I read that story is if, if the Chiefs were training at their facility uh, and somebody tweaked something, tweaked a muscle, or automatically he would be seen by a professional, you know, trainer. That's not the case when you're working out on your own. You tweak something and you maybe throw ice on it or however you, you know, self-remedy at home, you know, just not a, you know, it's not the same as being at um, at training camp and under the watchful eye of Burkholter and and the training staff at uh, with the Chiefs. So, interesting times for sure, and something to keep an eye on. All right, guys, uh, I really appreciate you spending some time with us today, and you guys have both. Of you guys have a good Fourth of July weekend. Yeah, same thanks to you, Blair. Yeah, thanks, Blair. That'll do it for today. Thanks to our production staff of Derek Donovan, Savannah Smith, Randy Mason, Beth Welsh, Jeff Rosen, and Chris Fickett. A tip of the cap to Herbie Teopian and Sam McDowell for talking Chiefs and the NFL. Links to stories about the Chiefs can be found in the show notes and always on the Red Zone Extra app. Hey, earlier in the episode, you heard me talk about the Sports Pass offer. It still stands, and it's a good one. 30 bucks for a year's worth of sports coverage, and that includes the Sports Extra with the E-Edition, there's more than 20 additional pages of national sports coverage today. Here's an even better offer. Buy the entire Kansas City Star product. Sports news, features, commentary, and analysis, the whole thing. You get all the stories written by my talented colleagues, plus additional news, sports, and business coverage. The details can be found at account.kansascity.com slash subscribe. That's account.kansascity.com slash subscribe. And whether it's the sports pass or the full subscription, You're getting and supporting the best sports and news coverage in Kansas City and helping us produce programs like Sportsbeat KC. Thanks for listening, and we'll be back with a fresh episode on Monday. Enjoy the 4th of July weekend.